Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Are you ready to get fired up? Because I sure am. I've got Liz Faircloth with me and she is actually has her own podcast and has written a book. I'm going to tell you all about her. So if you're interested in anything entrepreneurial, you are absolutely in the right place. Hi, Liz. Welcome. Hi, Krista. So excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Really appreciate it. Oh, so you have your own podcast. Tell us a little bit about you. I always like people to do their own kind of introductions. And I know sometimes it's kind of like you're afraid to brag, but I want you to, this is your bragging session. You need to brag about all your great accomplishments. <laughs> do some bragging. Uh, where do I begin? When I was two years old. Now, uh, I won't go back that that far. Um, professionally, I um, went to school to be a psychologist. I uh, wanted to, got my master's degree in social work. So I really wanted to open my own practice. And during my social work experience, uh, my brother-in-law, who's the only entrepreneur I ever met or knew growing up, not growing up, but even in my life, he'd started dating my sister. And he said, you got to read this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And um, I like personal growth books. I was always like a, I don't know, my early 20s, I was reading Awaken the Giant Within, like like most 20-year-olds, right? <laughs> and um, and I say a lot of bad jokes, but um, he gave it to me and it really got me thinking about my trajectory in my life. And I, although I loved helping people, and I think I'm still a social worker by background, um, I'm like maybe, maybe I should. I really like this thing called passive income. How do I? How do I get that? <laughs> and being a bit naive, um, started taking courses. My my then boyfriend and I started taking courses at the local RIA meetings and started learning about investing. And had no had no one in our family uh, didn't have much you know money to even invest with. My dad loaned us thirty thousand on our first duplex that we bought. That was sixteen years ago. And so wow, over the, you started young, good for you. Yeah. You know, I, my husband and I, when we were meeting, I was a little too focused in some ways, Krista, I think I've relaxed over the years in some ways, but I was really focused on, you know, him and I both wanted a bigger life. Um, and we really wanted to contribute a lot. And we said, how can we do that? Well, we need to have create some financial freedom for ourselves and not just work for others. And, and we got really clear on that early on. Now our path wasn't so like, do this, do that, do that. Oh, you're financially free. That was not our path. It was a lot of twists and turns, a lot of, you know, tough decisions and, you know, mistakes along the way. But we both had that yearning early on. And then we basically built our uh, business on multifamily and we buy large, larger buildings. So we have about 60 million under management and uh, we are partners with a lot of people. We raise money to buy larger buildings, but we um, we have over 200 investors now we work with and we own buildings in four states. And so- we have a lot of different experience, but we've kind of went all in on that about eight years ago. Um, then along the way, met my my now partner as well, Andressa, her and I, and the, the the two couples were partnering together, doing flips, doing a bunch of different things in real estate. And we'd always get together, Kristen, and say, where are the other women in this business? <laughs> because it can yes. get a little lonely. <laughs> so long story short, that was about, 
I met her about six years ago and we started partnering. And about three years ago, we said, let's let's really focus on supporting women and empowering women in this business. And we started the podcast called The Real Estate Investor Show, which is now published by Bigger Pockets, which has got the number one real estate investing podcast in the world. Um, in and that that grew into other things, uh, from a membership to you know, doing a lot of different things to serve women. Um, I'm still an active investor, but but my heart and passion is really serving women and helping them build their wealth so we never have to rely on anyone else. Yeah. So just, you know, it's the real estate invest and it ends her, H-E-R. So yes. the real estate invest her, H-E-R, in case you're wanting to listen to her podcast. I was actually on it. We had a great time um, with it. And you also wrote the book, right? The Woman in the Room. Yeah, so we we just published a book called The Only Woman in the Room, and uh, it's 20 stories of women from different walks of life, different challenges they've had to work through. Some women focus on uh, single family, some focused on uh, multifamily, but a lot of them were went through a lot of really tough things. Mm-hmm. And so they share their journey and they share kind of how, not just the, the tactics, right? Because we can all learn how to f- flip a house or buy a rental property, but it's the journey, right? It's the journey understanding how women prevailed, so to speak, over some really, really um, tough things, uh, you know, and so it kind of highlights 20 women in, 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 you know, in in the investing world and their stories. And um, that kind of launched our publishing arm. So we're going to be publishing a book once a year, one book a year. And um, the goal wow. is to give, give women a voice um, and from a women's perspective and um, shine a light on their journey and, and speaking about something when it comes to investing. Ah, that's it's that's that's a lot of work. That's a big goal you have. <laughs> I know. I've got a lot of goals, but I've written four, and I'm just like, oh my gosh! I told my husband, they might write a book, and he's like, what? You're gonna be up at three in the morning typing again? And, you know, it's like he turns looks over. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, babe. <laughs> so, you know, um, for somebody that's maybe listening, you know, obviously we have a lot of real estate agents and a lot of people in the real estate industry that are here. Uh, here, what are some tips and tricks you can give them when you know dealing with investors? To, to mm. you know, because was, I remember when I was selling real estate and if somebody would call and it was an investor, I would be like so turned off by it because they always wanted the, the, these amazing good deals and it was like all this work and it wasn't even worth my time to do it, so I would never take them. Is there is there any advice or feedback you have on that? Yeah, you know we. It's interesting because we talk on the other side to investors how to find investor friendly agents, right? And and it is a it is a dance a little bit because some of the agents are like, I don't want to get wasted. To your point, I don't want to get my time wasted uh, by people who want things cheaply because a lot of investors want a deal. Um, and on the other hand, the investor doesn't really want the agent who doesn't really know, you know, can't serve them the way they need to be served. Yeah. So it, it's a kind I totally of a conund- get it. it's like for both ways, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm, you know, I think, in, I think that that connection could be really powerful because number one, where I think the advantage of actually working with investors is that they're repeat customers. If mm-hmm. they're serious investors, they could be repeat customers. So you're really developing. And if you help them in a market that's growing, they're going to tell all their investor friends. Yeah. So, so that one, one client can really become like an exponential referral agent to you. So I, I see the benefit of looking for now, now having said that a lot of, a lot of um, investors will call agents and the way to vet a, like an investor, like, is this someone I could take seriously? If, if you ask them, if, if the agent asks them, what's your buying criteria? And they don't know how to answer that. <laughs> or they're like, well, I'm looking for a good deal. You know, um, I'm looking in a few different markets, these seven markets, you know, I'm looking for a single family, multifamily, self-storage facility, whatever works. Like those are all really bad signs. So the more focused and the more um, 
you know, they're really clear on their criteria, the more serious they're going to be, and they're not going to, you know, kick tires. Um, so give me some examples of criteria. Yeah. So I would say, you know, how much, how much are you looking to, to, you know, put to work, you know, so what, what's your, what's your, you know, um, amount of money you want to actually spend and, or what type of value of property you're looking for. So I'm looking for a vacation rental and I call an agent, which is something that, you know, is one of my, my goals. We're very heavily in multifamily, but I really want to buy a vacation rental so I can selfishly use maybe once or twice a, uh, a week, a year. So if I called them and they said, what's your buying criteria? I'd say, you know, I really want to be close to um, an airport. I want to be uh, close. I don't want to be in a major city. I want to be in like an area that's a little more um, drivable, all, all, you know, drivable vacation areas, um, stable, close to like a park. I would love to have a vacation or close to a park, close to a number of um, like, you know, I don't want to say amusements, but things that people want to go to that there's tons of people going to every year. The fourth would be the money part would be to say, okay, um, I have about a hundred grand to put to work between down payment and um, you know uh, repairs. So I'm I'm really looking for a house that's probably three hundred thousand. You know, I would I would be my you know uh, you know comfort zone in terms of of of, of price tag, if you will. And that's when value because I'd love to buy something and then actually be valued at four hundred or something. So um, you know that undervalued property. So I think people who have a grasp of how much the you know the property should be worth. Or I'm sorry, how much you want to spend, and and you know the the ARV, so to speak, and also just the other criteria. And and sometimes you don't know all those things, but if at least you have some, because I don't yeah. know vacation rentals, so I I can't say I want this return or I because I, I'm learning, right? That's yeah. I know multi, but so for me to have like 19 things in an area that I don't know would be weird, but at least the generalities. Because um, now I've thought about the money part, and I've thought about the implementation. Now, what about, okay, just, that's, that's awesome. I'm, because I know these are kind of questions that agents are thinking, right? So, you know, the kind of things that investors are thinking and worried about. Yeah. Now, what about somebody that's, that's listening and, and whether it be a man or a woman, obviously your, your, your client avatar is, is women, but they're nervous about investing because of the crash, right? We had the crash in obviously, you know, and some people, you know, I, I heard the statistic that 60% of people who went through foreclosure have not re-entered the market. Mm. And which is crazy. It seems so high to me, but what about people that are afraid of the, the market crashing or, you know, them, you know, it, it, it um, something happening. There's a fear behind investing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, are you looking to transform your business? Well, if the answer is yes, then you don't want to miss out on our intensive event starting soon for only $97. This event is jam packed full days of live coaching with me. We have breakout sessions to customize and implement our daily trainings so that you can actually utilize them into your business. We're gonna give you the training to craft your personal strategy to convert your leads into long-term clients. So let's go. What are you waiting for? Register now. Can't wait to see you there. And let's transform your business. I think when, when you talk to friends and you talk to people, everyone's gonna have an opinion. So my first recommendation is always, always be talking to like active investors. And are, are, what are they doing? Are they buying? Are they selling? Are they, um, you know, and I think that's something always good advice. Like if I wanted to start a business, am I going to talk to my uncle or aunt that's never started a business? I don't, I don't think so. I'm going to feel discouraged. So just watch the advice we get from people, you know, even if they're in the real estate industry, they, if they're not actually active investors, I would be just be mindful of that. But more importantly too, it's like, I, I often say, you always want to look at a market. What happened in 2008? So, so you have the COVID, you know, 
pandemic, which was something none of us ever expected and even didn't have our heads around. Multifamily actually remained extremely, um, you know, stable and actually grew. A lot of our a lot of our portfolio grew during COVID, um, where people oh, yeah. thought the the opposite. So it has so much to do with the market, right? It has so much to do with if it was, if it was struggling before COVID we were going to have challenges during COVID, obviously. People not paying the rent, depending on where the building's located, you know, all the different things happening. So, but I'm always a big fan of looking at what happened. If I'm looking at a particular market, say I'm looking at Alabama uh, or, you know, wherever, um, I want to look at what happened in that market during the last, cra- last crash. Like what really happened in that mm-hmm. particular market? Some markets kind of stayed the same, you know, stable. Some took a really big dip. Some maybe grew steadily. Um, we were doing looking at a development in the town I actually live in, a little town called New Hope, Pennsylvania, and it actually, it actually not only stabilized but actually went up like by five percent during the last crash. Wow. So it made us feel a lot more okay. You Stay, know, this yeah. is the, so so I, I think, and this has been before COVID, when everyone kept talking about the crash coming, another crash coming, and we're like, that's really that's real. We're going to be building new, um, you know, townhomes. Uh, and and there's so much talk in terms of economic, you know, you know, people, you know, economics, so to speak, saying that there's going to be a crash. Um, but you do want to look at um, every market's different. You you know that best. So you want to know what happened in that market, and not just in that market, but with your particular asset class. So if it's single family homes versus multifamily, yeah. they're different, and and there's there's a different um, there's a different result. So just be mindful of that and actually look at the past to dictate some of the future. Because if it remains stable then, um, and again, COVID has such a uniqueness to it, but you know, if you can get a good price right now and you're not getting taken and not spending too much, um, then this is a great time. And that's just the thing you need to be mindful of is know your, know your price points because you don't want to overspend because I see that happening so much right now. And plus you're in it for the long haul, right? So it's like, even when when the crash hit, people that kept their properties and just paid off the mortgage, you know, then they, they still have that asset. And now the property is gone, obviously back up if they're using it, you know, to, to make a pencil. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so that, that's good. I, we Gosh, we we crashed 75 percent in my area, 75 percent. Mm. We it was insane, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and as we both know, all the reasons why. The crash happened you know those those variables aren't happening anymore you know all the reasons people are always asking when's the crash i'm like <laughs> there's this TikTok video i just was like when's the crash could be three months and they're like oh really and it could be six months could be two years like it was just a super funny TikTok because no one really knows and it may never you know i don't personally think it'll ever happen like it did before it was just so 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 bad but that's one a whole podcast and i would say too one of our biggest purchases to date which is a 334 unit. And again, we do this with investors. We yeah. do this with a lot of other people. So by no means, just me and my husband taking these projects down. But we bought it during COVID. And the first buyer um, you know, fell out. And just because, so when there's a lot of, I don't want to say like a lot of fear, but there's a lot of uncertainty is sometimes the best times to buy. To because every you got to observe the masses and do the opposite. I mean, because most people are going, well, oh, I don't want to do that. And then meanwhile, there's so many opportunities to be had. If yeah, you're smart, well, if you're conservative, you know, all those things. It's so surprising how well it's done during COVID. I mean, there's just no inventory. So, I mean, gosh, we, we're selling properties for $100,000 over list price. And it's it's starting to kind of slow down and, and, and be a little bit more normal. Uh, still under a month's amount of inventory. You know, the absorption mm. rate is under one month. So it, it doesn't, it still appears to be a super crazy seller's market, but people are getting nervous that it's not selling with, you know, 15 offers and 87 showings in the first hour, you know? 
Right. The, 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 the bar has been increased, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, so talk, talk to me a little bit about like your journey and your path and sort of, you know, right now people look at you and they see you have your own podcast and you, and you have all these rentals and you're, you're doing so well and you're leading these women and talk a little bit about, you know, you know, the entrepreneurial journey, because I think people, they forget that, you know, um, with every, with every, you know, hardship is an opportunity. Right. And so we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when I want to just reverse engineer when, when my husband and I decided to really focus on real estate, um, he ended up quitting his job. So it was right when we got married and, uh, 2005. And so one of us needed to pay the bills and all those important things as adults. Right. Um, and so I, took a consulting job in sales and consulting and really just um, helping companies with their employees. And it was like team building, almost like, you know, kind of management consulting, if you will. So I did that for over a decade as I helped my husband and we worked in real estate. I was the full, I was kind of the consultant on, on one hand and he was, um, you know, the full-time investor. So I learned how to like be a consultant, you know, and, and moving from a consultant um, to an, an entrepreneur, full-time entrepreneur, was a really big transition for me. Um, I mean, you think about your, as a consultant, the more you worked, the more clients I had, the more I traveled, the more money I made. Mm-hmm. So literally I traded my time for money to yeah. the T, right? And the whole point of becoming, you know, an investor and an entrepreneur and really moving from- from not to have to do that. Yeah, as the opposite. So I had to really look in the mirror and say, you know, I really need to, and, and quite honestly, when I, when I started working with my husband, I worked with him um, and we knew that just long-term him and I day-to-day working together wasn't the best fit for our marriage, to be perfectly frank. I love him dearly and I've always been involved. I totally in get company. it. I, I love my husband too, but I don't, don't want to work with him. Yeah. You know, every day, day in and day out, you know? So um, the last several years I had my son and I'd been doing a lot of soul searching and then coming together with Andressa, um, you know, stepping into this, uh, uh, you know, real leadership role, right? A real startup. We started this as a passion. We started this with a podcast. Like, if women, you know, even wanted something like this, and 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 it's proved to okay, there's women who want and need different things, and we're we're here to serve them. So, uh, you know, it's really allowed me. It's con- quite honestly confronted me on where I need to grow. Uh, for example, you know, even partnering with someone. I mean, you cannot if you're partnering with anyone. And it's for the long term. You have to look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, you know, what it's are like your a marriage? It's, it's it a, is. like a marriage. In fact, you sometimes spend more time with your partner than you do with your husband. And so, like, I I realize things about myself where um, how am I with more direct people? How am I with less direct people? Um, where am I quieter? Where do I need to step up and really speak my truth? Um, where do I second guess myself? You know, and and really kind of owning my own power. I know that sounds really. Like, wow, didn't you figure that out 15 years ago? But I think as we evolve, I've really in the last several months have come to like some peace and some constant like working on my own like emotional health. Mm-hmm. I work out, I've always worked out, I meditate and have, you know, growing young children and like, but I, and I honestly, now I'm in my forties, I'm like, you know, mid forties. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta really work on myself as a leader. And, and what does that look like to Liz? Whether that means everyone's different. Some people have to speak up. Some people have to speak a little differently and everyone has different things to work on. But myself as an, as a leader is what I'm really constantly working on and how I can adapt and shift and quite honestly own my own power. And I think a lot of women, um, especially women, I think, you know, men, sure. I'm certainly, but I can only speak because I know I work with a lot of women, but owning our power is really important. 
um, especially for the role that we're we're in versus like, I'm not an order taker. I'm not taking orders from anyone. We're literally creating things out of nothing, right? Yes. Totally different than me serving a, a, a company. So that, that's that been a journey for me and I don't, it's not over. Um, and I do a lot of work on myself. Um, I see a therapist, you know, honestly, and, and I'm very um, open about that because my mental health and my emotional health will only be, allow me to be a better servant to the women in our community. Um, and I want to impact a lot of people. So I need to be yeah. a bigger person and not a bigger person. I need to be a better version of myself. Um, and I'm a great person. I kind of like myself, but um, there's days that I'm like, I, I need to work on this. I got to step up here. Come on. Always, though, We're always evolving and trying yeah. to be, it's never stopping, right? Like to be the, we're never going to be the best version of ourselves because we're always trying to continue to do more. It's funny. That you, a lot of things you say, we have so much in common because I have a master's degree in uh, industrial psychology. Mm. I was going to be a psychologist as well. And then I thought, oh, I don't want to do this. Right. So I, um, uh, I, I actually used to work at a pharmacy and I dealt with people that would come in and I was like, I don't want to deal with those kind of people on a daily basis. So <laughs> I ch- changed my, my career altogether and became a teacher. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's just funny to hear you. And I totally agree. I mean, for me, I'm constantly trying to, you know, work on leadership and leadership a year and a half ago, I had to really look in the mirror and say, Christy, you need to improve your leadership skills. I had two people leave my company mm. and I looked in the mirror and I said, you need to be a better leader. You're, 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 you're treating your team members. Like you're expecting too much out of them and they have families and they have lives and they're not you and they don't work like you. And this isn't their company. And so my word for the year was refinement and mm. leadership. And Ooh. I will tell you by making, by looking at myself and saying, you know, you lost these people and this happened because of your own leadership and really, truly looking in the mirror and, and owning that I needed to improve. We have like just completely just crushed the past year and a half during mm. a worldwide pandemic. And it's, it's because of the leadership. So I really, really appreciate that you say that and that you say that it is a constant work. And um, gosh, I've been going to counselors forever. You know, it's like, <laughs> and, and I thought I'm embarrassed about it. It's like, we're human and we, we have, we have problems. Yeah. I always tell people in my communities, like, Hey, I'm a coach and I'm really great at inspiring and motivating and helping, but I'm also a human and I make mistakes. And sometimes I yell at my husband, I do things that I shouldn't to my kids. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's like, it's called being human. And I love the fact that you're so um, open about that because, you know, I think vulnerability and transparency is just so, so important. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, Are you looking to transform your business? Well, if the answer is yes, then you don't want to miss out on our intensive event starting soon for only $97. This event is jam packed full days of live coaching with me. We have breakout sessions to customize and implement our daily trainings so that you can actually utilize them into your business. We're gonna give you the training to craft your personal strategy to convert your leads into long-term clients. So let's go. What are you waiting for? Register now. Can't wait to see you there and let's transform your business. Yeah, so what else would you like? I mean, I know you, you know, we, we had a great conversation when I was on your podcast. Again, her podcast is The Real Estate Invest Her, H-E-R, um, all one word, so you can look that up. And, you know, just what are some of the things that you, some of the episodes that you've recorded that you found people have gotten the most, like they've just, their most ahas? Hmm. A good question. You know, it's funny because so many times in the podcast world, you know, people, you know, you're like, oh, this, this person has an amazing following or they're, they have a really, you know, well-recognized name, but honestly, the, the episodes that resonate with a lot of women are where women of the way we're interviewing get really real. And, and vulnerable and just share about their journey because it's, it's like anything 
why we create what we did, you know, in terms of a community and why we want to see more women keynoting at conferences, which is really important to us versus them being on a panel, just annoys me. I want women to be keynoting um, is, is because when we see someone like us, whatever that means to you, um, there's more possibility in us that's get, gets kind of, you know, to your, to your amazing title of your podcast gets fired up. But until you see that person, um, it was like Oprah Winfrey, right? Oprah Winfrey saw Barbara Walters when Oprah Winfrey was a, was a young child and she saw Barbara Walters interviewing someone else, which is a big deal, right? For women, you know, to be that yeah. prominent on TV. And, and that created this spark in Oprah Winfrey, right? You know, so what if that didn't happen? We wouldn't have Oprah Winfrey. So my point saying that is I think the women that women can re- relate to and that are just normal people that quite honestly deal with everything we all deal with, but have overcome those things and have created really amazing things in their life, I think um, really inspire other women. Um, there was a, there was a, there was a woman uh, I'm thinking of Gertrude on our podcast early on. And I love having a community. And so tip for anyone that wants to build something. We started a Facebook community at the same time we did a podcast because think about a podcast, right? We're talking to people, but we wanted to be in conversation with people. So we started a podcast, I'm um, sorry, a Facebook community simultaneously. And um, there was a woman that, that applied to be in, you know, just answer the few questions that we have for the Facebook group. And she said, oh, I, I, I bought 72 doors in 13 months um, and I'm not even from this country. And I'm like, oh, wow. I, I got to interview her for the podcast, of course, yeah. you know? And that, that's so she, that was just like, oh, that was my first podcast and I'm so grateful for it. And, um, and so much wow, like 72 that. properties in 13 months, man. And she's the most humble, like, but, but a strong lady, no question. Like she has, everyone has their strength in different ways. And she's just, she's great. She's from Boston. Uh, yeah, but anyway, my six point- homes a month that she purchased, man. And almost, she fi- you know. figured out how to do it. And, and just her, ability to come to this country and and then, you know, she's not even from here and then to be able to create that kind of wealth for her and her family and is really inspiring. And, mm-hmm. and um, that's the kind of things that I think we're all about is like, it's not, you know, this perfect thing. It's like a journey and there's ups and downs, but people figure it out and you can do, you know, and yeah. this is how you can figure it out. Authenticity is is so so true. It's just people really appreciate just being authentic, especially now with all the social media that we have, and people are you know just always trying to be so perfect. And I I always try to impress that like let's be perfectly imperfect and just take action, just go and just be yourself, and and you'll resonate with the right with the right people, you know. So I want to follow you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super 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 powerful. So um, gosh, I just I I so you teach people actually how to actually find the homes and the type of deals to get and what to look for and the type of return on investment. You teach them from A to Z, all of that in different yeah, our, states because you're buying all over the place. Yeah, we we buy mostly on the East Coast, but you know the, the kind of community that we, you know, Andres and I have built from, because we have meetups across the country. We, we just, we want to develop a, a way that women online and offline can connect with each other and give and get. So we have over 50 meetups, literally for free, women can go to wow. across the country. And there's just local circles of women coming together to support each other. Um, and, and why people are like, why is, and it's a safe space. And, and you know what I mean by that, where women don't always feel like they can ask the questions they want, not make, to made feel like they're morons or it's the old boys club, um, quite honestly. Yeah. And, and so we it were amazes really- me still how much of that is, exists, you know, it's just, know. there's, there's still so much of it that I, I just spoke on the stage and. I was one of the few women. I'm. I can't tell you how many women were like 
it was so nice to see you up there. There was mm. really any women. And I was like, I noticed that too, you know, but and then, then certain people are really conscious of it and trying to, you know, be so I really appreciate that when, when it's not, I just, I was on Russell Brunson stage. She was very, very, um, uh, you know, aware of different ethnicities and female and male. It was so, so great when he had done, it was really, really nice. But um, just an I, example of that, like we have a, um, we have a property in, in North Carolina. Now, North Carolina is probably more the South, I'm from the Northeast. Yes. Um, but regardless, we have an all female team there, our property management team. Um, and, and I'm not going to, all of our property managers are great. We work with a few, but this team is particularly all women. So the woman who runs the, uh, runs the, um, the whole property is a woman. Um, the property maintenance director, normally a man is a woman, young woman. And then there's two, I think there's two guys that report to her. So it's very interesting. It was, I was like, so I went down there, we were visiting and doing like a walkthrough. There's a lot of units being turned and um, so I said, can I interview the, the maintenance director? I'd love to interview her. I got to interview her. Um, I don't see that all the time. And it's just so awesome. You know, so she was so cute. She's like, I'm a little nervous about this. She was so nervous. Yeah. yeah. So I said, um, tell me about your journey. Like, how did you, she like knows everything you want to know about H- HVAC. Like I've never heard anyone talk about HVAC systems the way I've ta- heard. And then meanwhile, I'm like, Tune in. Like, I'm, I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, systems. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, wah, wah. but she was so eloquent and knew what she was doing and, and so competent. I said, what? I didn't lead her here, but I said, how have the residents here um, received your leadership? I'm just, I was just curious. I didn't know what, what that was going to turn into, but I was curious. She goes, a lot of them have totally welcomed me. They're one, they, they love me and I'm very competent and my team's competent. I've gotten a few residents who have refused me to come into their apartment because I'm a woman. And they told me that uh, they said, please don't come in. I will only see a man because a woman doesn't know much about maintenance. Oh gosh. This was like a few months ago. This wasn't in 1970 yeah. or 1960s. This was literally a few months ago. And she's like, I don't get it a lot, but it's a handful of residents here. And I said, wow. You know, and when people say they don't see that or hear that anymore, and what's the even pur- what's the purpose of even having a woman's community? Is that even necessary? Yeah, it is, because it's not about why I'm so why we're so passionate what we do is that it's not about like circling all these women and then having women only talk to women only in the world. It's about building everyone's confidence, giving and getting, having a safe space so that they can work with wherever they want to work with whomever they want to work. But there's a level of confidence and camaraderie and support that you're getting that um is really amazing you know yeah that's what it's about to me it's not about like a secret society that women only work with women <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know so oh my gosh it's like we we just um I, I i love men and women but we i have majority of my company is is women and it's not even yeah. i i don't mean it to be that way you know um it's just it just tends to be and so i'm because i'm trying to hire men you know but <laughs> at times but Women are this awesome workers, I have to say. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I always end the podcast by just asking you, you know, if you were to give any piece of advice, both whether it be personal or whether it be business, you know, what would that advice be to people? uh, I would say never give up. I know that's very cliche, but there's been so many times um, I didn't even get get into in this interview of, you know, money like a mini Bernie Madoff situation happening to us and our investors were like that hundreds of thousands of dollars were still stolen from us, um, getting sued, like really tough things uh-huh. uh, that are not pleasant things. Um, and there's so many moments that you're like, these things happen and you constantly look at yourself and say, am I the right person to be doing this? 
And I think you are first off and two, you just can't give up and learn from it, you know, and, and, and get up that next day and figure it out. Um, because there's a lot of people that need you. And so that's been a big learning for me is just never give up. And that's the key to our success and all the ups and downs, especially my husband and I had early on in our business because we had a lot of them. Yeah. I I love that you say that. I mean, that's, that's so true. It, it, it is, it might sound cliche, but it's the truth, right? I mean, everyone experiences hardships, just a matter of how you go under, over, through and around them and how you deal with them. Liz, thank you so much. I have just really enjoyed interviewing you and I know that our listeners have. And um, I, again, I want to encourage you to go listen to Liz, the real estate invest her HER show on podcast of listening to this, this will be, be really great. And just, and thank you. And um, anything you want to leave us with? No, thank you so much for having me, Krista. I, I hope with anything we do um, that we inspire, we inspire one more woman to create financial freedom for themselves. Um, so yeah, go for it. Take some steps. We have a lot of free resources and we have some other neat resources in our membership, but we have a lot of free things that you could just jump into and start taking action. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Okay, everyone, remember listening is great. And I want to thank you so much for your time. It means the world to me that you gave us your time. So thank you for that. But implementation is key. Listening won't help. You got to actually take action. So thank you so much. And I hope you are just as fired up as I am. Bye-bye, Liz. Thank you, Krista.